Good morning. Today's class is Le'unishmat. Yerachmiel Diana Lugadaya Sian Benema Rafushalema Arab Rafushalema Arab Shalmin Yamina Daniel Ben Sarah Daniel Ben Sarah Elisheva Magliva Shifralema Yertu Ben Chaya. Success in Yerachemayim Elisheva Rabaka Diel Elisheva Emet Elisheva Shefa Elisheva Reina Makom Tov Basha Rafushalema Chana Batadel. Please share and rate the podcast. All right, we have, a, have two exciting guests today in my podcast. God willing. We're going to post them also. So after this, I have a full day of work. All right. Today's class is really, really a, a great concept. Um, it's going to talk about pretty much how to get out of spiritual slumber. And how to, how to really get out also of a spiritual, spiritual slumber in a, in, a, in a relationship. It's really, really the, the key to, to, to pretty much everything. Rav Nachman tells us, and he, and he begins the halacha, and we're taking this from Lakuta Halachas. Lakuta Halachas is Rav, Rav Natan's magnum opus. He took basic laws, and he basically expanded at it. But here he's going to talk about really, really amazing things. And he's, he, begins, he begins the halacha saying, a person should strengthen himself like a lion to rise up in the morning to the service of the Creator, so that he is the one who awakens the dawn. Okay, the dawn represents... The darkness, the dawn, I have to wake up the dawn, I have to wake up, I have to wake up the dawn in my life. I have to, I need this concept of an, a lion, we all have this lion inside of us, and we have to wake up to roar, because everybody wants to go to sleep, everybody wants to, to not face life, everybody wants to, the heaviness in the morning that we all go through. And Rav Nachman says that this is the, 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 the most important task that we have. If you, you talk about Breslov 101, the most important task that you have is to always w- arouse your good points in your life. It's extremely important because the, the amount of heaviness of life, the amount of situations, the struggles that we all go through, if we don't have, imagine being Lahabdul in game seven of the finals and you're talking bad about yourself. <laughs> you're not going to win the game. You're not going to win the game. There's, not, there's no room for negativity when you're in struggle. There's a room for extreme positivity. When you're doing extremely good in life, that's when you check your ego. Hey, it's all from God. That means you have to understand, when you're, doing really, when you're really, really struggling, you need to become the big, your biggest cheerleader. And when you're doing really good, then you need to check the ego to make sure, hey, all of the success, remember where it's coming from. It's coming, it's solar powered. It's coming from heaven. So you need to have those two m- modes in our lives. So we, we are going to get those times where we do, do, do feel great. Remember where it's coming from. But also, when you are not doing well and you are struggling and you are struggling in your relationship and you're struggling this, that is not the time to go. Because remember, if you're sitting there on a pier and you can't, you have to stand, like Rav Nachman says, our life is a, a very narrow bridge. And we just have to not be afraid and cross over that bridge. You have to make sure you don't fall. And you're going to fall by constantly thinking about the negative points in yourself. So this is where he says, you have to waken up the dawn. What I'm not saying here is, this is the key, because like we said before, when you find the good in, your, in yourself, is because you're finding godliness in yourself. Anytime that I see good in myself, is because I see the godliness in me, and if I see the godliness in me, then there is no issue. And this, you could take the example of this. You could take a person who's 250 pounds, 
one person was just 275 pounds and now he's 250 pounds and he's sinking and he's praising and he's, he's got momentum. He lost 25 pounds. He's focusing on the 25 pounds he lost. Another person could be 250 pounds and he could have been 225 pounds and now he's 250 pounds. And he's saying, look at all the, look how much weight I put on myself. Look how I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. he's focusing on the negativity. And you could see both people could be 250 pounds and can have completely different attitude. And, and the one is focusing on the negativity and one is focusing on the good. And this is not just a matter of, oh, focus on the positive. No, it's because when I'm seeing something inside of me that's not good, it's because I'm letting the fear or I'm letting other people get to me. It's all, all self-centered. But when I'm focusing on the good in myself, that is when I'm going to be able to make that music. And what Nachman's saying here is the way you make music, and it's, every, it's funny how every single time I even get a little tired or I get into a little bit of a slump where I need a reboot, I just go back to the same Torah. It's because why, am I in a, why, am I in a, why do I feel I'm in a rut? Why do I feel like I'm off my game? Again, lack of appreciation for the good things you do. Why do you feel you're in a rut in your relationship? You stop appreciating the good things. It's, 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 when you do, in, do what you do in the beginning and there will never be an end. You don't think like this. Balchuvas, when they come to spirituality, they're excited, they're new, and then, they, and then the, the, it wanes off. But think about practically, the only reason why I'm thinking negatively about myself is because I'm thinking about the negativity. I'm not seeing the godliness in me. I'm seeing the fear, I'm seeing the projection. I'm seeing the, the uh, my mind is not in the right place. And the way to get it into the right place is by finding the good in you. Finding the good. This is what Rabbi Nachman is saying here. And he's saying this is extremely a normal thing for you to go through. Like it's extremely normal to go into a gym and be sore and have to stretch before you get into the workout. It's not abnormal to go and be sore and have to stretch. Yes. Stretching comes before the workout. You have to warm up the muscles. You have to warm things up in life. You have to warm yourself up. It's normal in a prayer that you should have to warm up first. You, we can warm up by studying something. You warm up by learning something. You warm up by breathing. You warm up. But just to, to not... Everybody needs a warm up in life. Understand? Everybody, before you talk to somebody, you got to give them a hug. Before you tell them something you don't want to tell them, warm them up. It's extremely important because he's saying the way you make music in your life is by selecting the good points, the good ruach over the ruach of despair. So basically that's how music is made. If you t- figure out how do you make music in life, you make music very simple, by taking a good note from a bad note, by extracting the good. It's funny how in, in Shabbat we're allowed to extract the good from the bad, but we're not allowed to extract the bad from the good. Instead, you're not allowed to take the bad out. You're only allowed to take the good from the bad. The same thing when you wear, when you get dressed in the morning, you should always dress with your right over the left, right? The right should always favor the left. Why? Because the right represents kindness, the left represents severity. Right, left, right represents self-compassion, the left represents low self-esteem. And really the key to self-esteem really is, it's, self-esteem is nothing more but an opinion. It's not reality. It's your, but, but you could live with such ridiculous expectations and that you have such, such, a, such perfectionists and have, things have to be exactly perfect. And if one thing's off, then your, your self-esteem goes, goes nowhere. Your self-esteem takes a hit. 
And that's not, not what we are based on. We are perfectly imperfect. You have to understand that concept. You have to have compassion. And that's the way you get out of spiritual slumber. What he's saying here is, Ramnathan tells us, and this searching for one good point relates to waking up from sleep. When you're waking up, the only, how do you get up from sleep? Sleep is a concept of constricted consciousness. How do I wake up? How do I practically get into momentum? It's by changing my focusing, by changing my focus. When a person recognizes that he's far from Hashem, that he's far from his Creator, and he'll, he'll feel very low energy, he'll feel very despondent, this is akin to being asleep. But when one searches and finds himself some good point, then this allows him to cheer himself up and allow him to at least get that momentum. And, and practically, when you, feel, when you move around and you get more motion, you'll feel better. And this is what Ramnachman says, I lay down to sleep, which represents slumber, but I woke up. I woke up. And what he's saying here, it is truth is forbidden for a person to bring himself to despair, he, and he has to overcome any, any forms of hopelessness and inspire for him to wake up with what little good he has. I woke up for Hashem supports me. So practically, you know, you could say, you know, you're in a relationship, you don't see anything good about the person. You have to start finding the good in the person. You have to, you have to find starting the good in yourself. You know, treat your, you know, it, it, sometimes Rabbi Nachman says, let your body will elevate your soul. There's nothing is easier today that a person could be in a bad mood and go work out and change his endorphins and change the way he feels. You know, there's nothing, you know, you, today you can go into a cold plunge and change the way you feel. You can go into a hot tub. You can go into sauna. The stupid, the small things used to change state. I'm Baruch Hashem, it's all going to be in my house. But small things today, you can just jump in the pool. Small things you could do. Rabbi Nachman, anytime he was in a constricted consciousness, he would jump into a mikvah. That means we have this tendency, or go for a run. There's always something you could do. Basically, when I'm not in a good state, is because my focus is off. So the first thing I want to do is I want to get different motion. I want to do something instantly to get me out of that motion. Not, stu not stuff a cheesecake in my face. That's not going to be the answer. But do something to your body. Shock the body a little bit. Exercise is one of the greatest things that we're, it's not used. It's not used properly to get you into a different state. Music is another. Music kills the ego. Music lets you let loose. It's pretty much anything that let you let you let loose and stop and stop thinking about yourself. It's funny how when you're really really busy, you're much happier those days. Why? Because you're not thinking about yourself all day long. <laughs> so practically, when you're really busy. How'd you day? Oh, great. Oh, I was just busy all day long. Oh, you mean you didn't have time to think about yourself? No, I didn't. There you go. Stop, th stop thinking about yourself all day long. That's what's causing fun, focusing on the negative points in yourself. When you're focusing on the negative points, it's because you have time to think, I'm not this yet, I'm not that yet, I'm not that yet. And all that is doing is accumulating more garbage. And then what happens when you have no very low negative energy, people see that. And they don't want to take out the garbage for you. They want to run away from garbage. Just like if it smells someplace, you don't want to sit there and smell the garbage. You want to walk away. But if you have a, 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 pleasing, a pleasing aroma to you, then people, you go into a perfume store. People will walk into a perfume store. That is called good vibes or bad vibes. And that is up to us. We can walk around with good vibes by doing good things, by focusing on good points, by being positive, then we attract more people.
But if we're having a, a problem attracting people, it's definitely due to, due to a lot of fears and a lot of, uh, unfortunately, putting up a lot of walls. And the Zohar says that it's extremely important what the Zohar is telling us here. The Zohar says, or you can very simply, you can just read these teachings. That is enough to change your, 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 your mindset. Listen to a podcast. Do something to get you, to get, all it is is really a bad mood, is a bad ruach, is a bad, is a bad spirit. It's a bad energy that you're focusing on. So what do you need when you have a bad ruach? What do you do in a room that doesn't smell? You put air freshener, right? We walk in and we put air freshener, put perfume. That is a good, what do you, what's your spiritual perfume? You listen to a podcast, you listen to some, you, you, you just put, you don't sit there and say, it smells bad in here. Why is it smelling bad in here? Instantly, you go put perfume on, <laughs> instantly. You don't wait and think about why it smells bad. That's not, that's not the Hasidist way. That's not the way of Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman says, if it smells bad, spray it. Bring a good ruach. And this comes from a very simple concept that depart from evil. What did our sages say? If you depart from evil and do good. It doesn't say, think about the evil. Why did you do the evil? It just says, depart from evil and do good. It's that simple. Nobody's, nobody gets any benefit from shame, guilt, self-prosecution. Nobody's winning from this. I have no idea why it's happening. Nobody gets from toxic relationships with yourself, speaking negative. It's extremely be careful with this. Extremely be careful with this. And this is why the Zohar says that the Torah, the Jewish people, listen to this, the Torah, the Jewish people, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu are one. So anytime you're connected to, to, the, to the Torah, you're connected to the Jewish people, you're connected to, the, to Hashem, is one. It's all one. And I've always said this. You know, there's a difference between when I learn Torah and I learn Hasidus. It's a different spirit than if I'll just listen to a podcast, a secular podcast. Those are wonderful. They're wonderful podcasts, information, etc. They're great. But very rarely do they get me into an expanded consciousness. They give you cool techniques, Calm, how to calm down, how to breathe, but they don't get you uh, the feeling of shechina. They don't get you close. They don't say, wow, you know what? I feel like serving God today. I want to do a mitzvah. They don't get you into that state. They, they make you okay. They put a smile on your face. They're this, but it's not, there's something missing. There's something missing with the consciousness of those, of those. Even David Hawkins' book, it doesn't, it just teaches you practically how to let go, but it doesn't get you closer to your creator. Because we're very, we're rooted completely different. And, and it's extremely careful. You can listen to those. I do. I listen to Huberman for information. But it, it shouldn't be the main thing. It should be the second thing. It should be the appetizer. It shouldn't be the main meal. Understand? That's the main meal. It doesn't get you to higher places. Tony Robbins is wonderful. There's no, Tony Robbins is great at changing motion. A changing focus, but is it going to get me into Mochim Gadlut? Is it going to get me? I don't know. I don't know. So that's extremely important. Why? Because your soul is rooted differently. Each of our souls is rooted in, in a specific Sadiq more than others. My soul is rooted in Rab Nachman. People's souls are rooted in, in, in the Balatanya. We, have, we all have to find what we are rooted in, what speaks to us, what's the language that speaks to us. Some people are connected to the Koska Rebbe, some people, we're all connected to, their, to a higher, higher letter of the Torah, which is the 600,000 letters. 
It's a very, very, very big consciousness of, of letters. But the Zohar says that when we are not looking at the good in ourselves, it's because we're not seeing the godliness in ourselves. And then we're not, and this does not allow us to waken up the dawn. That means I can, there, there's never a possibility that I'm going to feel better if I'm not changing my speech. It's not possible. It, there's no way to feel better if I'm not changing my focus. Period. So if the focus is off, then the feeling is going to be off. I think, I think today we are suffering from broken focus. And this is where Nathan says, David Melch used to, he used to wake up at midnight. He used to arouse when the whole world was after him. And he says, awaken my soul, awaken the harp. I will awaken my dawn. A person has to constantly awaken himself. And this doesn't just, this does not just re- represent waking up in the morning. This represents waking up in the middle of your situation. Waking up to what's happening in your life and waking up, the, waking up and seeing the opportunity, not the problem. You see the difference? When I am awakening the dawn, when I am awakening something, I'm awakening the opportunity, the, the, the problem, the solution in the problem. He's referring to that. It doesn't just mean waking up in the morning. It means waking up, where is the solution in this problem? Where is the solution? Where is the light in this? And this is where we... And because a person does this, then he's able to now arouse a good point in heaven. Basically, the, the, King David said, sing, above, sing below and they'll sing above. Right? Basically, the, a person, the, the Baal Shem says that person is a shadow. So you're, you should always ask better questions. Always ask... Where is the light in this situation? Where is the, where is the light? Where is the solution here? And, the, and, and, when, and, and when they said this, when the Jewish people aroused their good points and said we are black with the incident of the golden calf, Hashem says, because you judge yourself favorably, I'm going to now give you the Mishkan. I'm going to now give you the, sacrifice, the, the Mishkan. That means because they would have never gotten the Mishkan unless they first said we are black but we're beautiful. That, that simple comment of self-compassion, of f- focusing on the good points, allowed them to get judged favorably in heaven. Because immediately after the golden calf, the Jewish people were commanded to construct the Mishkan. It's like you, you tell a kid, you're punished, and then the kid says, okay, I'm sorry, I made a mistake, I'm going to do better, next thing you know, you get him a, you get him a house. <laughs> like within, within a minute. That's how quickly you can change your momentum. The reason why we get stuck and th- about thinking about the mud, why did this happen, is it's all self. It's not reality. That's not the Torah. Hasidus doesn't even replay. Rab Nachman never had a, a forward, uh, uh, a rewind button in his tape recorder. <laughs> he never ha- touched the rewind button. He said very simple, I never replayed unfinished bu- business. I never went back to the past. There was never a recorder. There was never a rewind. Always a forward. There's no such thing as a rewind button. Chassidus does not have rewind buttons. Because whatever happens, sometimes you you have to fall in life to learn a lesson. Sometimes you have to fall to pick others up. But the main thing is what are you doing now? 
And there's a great story in the Gemara that talks about this example. There's a story in the Gemara, I forgot exactly the, the, the names of the, of the people in the, in, the, in, the, in the story, but the, basically the story is about two rabbis, there was, they were going into some springs in Tiberias, and all of a sudden a poor beggar asked, asked them for money, and they said, listen, we'll give it to you as soon as we come out of the springs. So all of a sudden, they come out, the guy died. Next thing you know, what are you going to think? Oh my God, I could have saved his life. Oh my God, God's going to punish me. You're going to think about every single situation in the world, how you didn't do the right thing. And what did they say? Now we have to bury him. We have to bury him, right? You, have to, you can't sit there in the middle of the street. Okay, you have the guilt, you have the shame. But now you have to bury the guy. And Gemara talks about as they were going to pick up the, the, the corpse, they found thousands of, of coins of money. He had plenty of money. The guy had plenty of money. He didn't need their money. But if they didn't go bury him and say, well, now we got to go bury him, they would have never known that the guy had plenty of money and it wasn't even their fault. So it's extremely important that it's not the power of now, it's really the power of now what? It's now what? This happened? Now what? You made a mistake? Now what? Now what? How do you find the good point and, and ride that momentum? And this is the reason why Hashem should, should, should take your wrath and burn against your people. Because Moshe Rabbeinu, what did, who's, who responds? Moshe Rabbeinu who defended them. And he says, listen, you are a compassionate God. You cannot do this to them. And because Moshe Rabbeinu said, why should your wrath be, burn against the Jewish people? Right? That, because of that, Hashem, he convinced Hashem to go from the side of, 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 of negativity to the side of merit. And if you look at this concept, how easy. If you look at it, if you're going to, if, think about the fights that you've had with people. At the end of the day, all they wanted is one thing. All you had to say is, I'm sorry. And if some things became so complicated and so many people involved, and all you had to say, you made a mistake, I'm sorry. And that's it. But when you justify why you did it, and this is why you did it, look how little arguments become hours when they could be done in eight minutes. I'm sorry, I could do better. You're right. Those magic words, I did this because of this, I did this because you didn't cook for me, I did blah, blah. All of this nonsense it could have been just by, I'm sorry, I will do better. And that's it. Think about how much extra, extra, projection and extra drama. I was a major drama as a Scorpio, creating drama for no reason. All you had to say, I'm sorry, made a mistake, I'll do better. What can somebody tell you? If you think about a customer, we used to have electronic stores in downtown Miami, and we had six, seven electronic stores, my uncles, that's when I grew up. That's the best education I ever got. And there was always these, there was salesmen that were really good, and there were salesmen that were very, they didn't see the big picture. And at Baruch Hashem, that time, there was so many customers we had. And you would see one guy yelling at the customer. He sees a hundred people in the store yelling at the customer, telling him he's wrong. What's the difference if he's right or wrong? There's a hundred customers that you're not getting, you're creating a problem, and you're missing opportunities. 
what's the difference if he's right or you're wrong? You make the customer happy, do what you have to do, and move on. But no, I, I need to be right. I need to yell at the customer in front of 100 people. So that's the ego. The ego makes us so, so, so into ourselves. Hashem wanted Moshe to know that it was possible to awaken the good and even the, any, the least worthy person. So he purposely made them go into the, in the, to serve the golden calf. And because they purposely made to serve the golden calf, from there, from because of that fall, to teach us all that how could the Jews go to the, the golden calf? Because of that, to teach us the power of coming back stronger. Not only did you get forgiven, but you, we got from that incidence of the worst case of idolatry, the greatest mercy in the world, which is the 13 attributes of mercy. How in the world did it happen within, a, within, from the worst to the best in a blink of an eye? Think about it. So when we think distance, I'm so far from God, I'm so this, it's all an illusion. All you have to do is surrender. It's all an illusion. Distance is an illusion. It's not reality. That's why despair, Rabbi Nachman says, doesn't even exist. So all of this low energy, negative self-talk, running, going the other side because you, you're, you have shame to face your creator is nothing more but nonsense. If the Jews said, I'm black but we're beautiful, they serve the golden calf, and next thing you know, they come back and they get the highest levels of mercy only because they judge themselves favorably. That's it. If they would have not have judged themselves favorably, they would have not have merited the 13 attributes of mercy. Why? Because what happened is, is because, listen to this. When they, what he's saying here is, when they tipped themselves towards chesed, God tipped them the scales towards chesed. That means when you're judging yourself towards chesed, in heaven they will also judge you towards chesed. And this is where Rav Nachman tells, speaks about, there's three things that a person needs to have perfect tefillah. That means if he, if he prays with these three aspects, he can get perfect feeler that he doesn't even need doctors or medication. He'll be above the, pray, he'll be above medicate, above the doctors. That means you'll be healed by bread and water. And he says one thing is faith. The second thing is having, having, having the covenant, having the Brits. And the third thing is not despising people, not spilling blood. What that means is that you have to, not, not only can you go come to a synagogue or, or, or think negatively about people, because when you're thinking negatively, you're spilling their blood. But the, most importantly is you can't spill your own blood. So if I have low self-esteem and I'm praying, I'm not going to get my prayers answered. Because why? I don't see the good points in myself. I'm connected to, to, to a foreign God. I will not get answered. But if I walk in here with confidence and faith, and, I, and, a, and, a, and a worthiness, that will get my prayers answered. So this is the story of life of the poor get poorer and the rich get richer. And we wonder why that happens. Why do the poor get poorer and the rich get richer? Because the poor have a poor mindset and the rich have an abundant mindset. It comes to that. And you have to ask yourself, where did it, how, did you, how did you arrive? How did you get such a poverty mindset? Who did it to you? It's a mindset. It can be changed. But if you, expect, if you live with a poor mindset, you cannot expect. And the reason why you create, our Creator is, is, cannot give you in that. So you could say, it's not fair. It's not fair. If it's a guy, poor guy. Poor guy, give him, give him money. 
Because if, he, if a person, if, a, if somebody gives you money with a poor mindset, all you're going to do is blow it because you deep consciously believe you don't deserve it. This is called lottery. Why, this is why lottery winners. But if you give people money with a rich mindset, it's not a problem. So all our creator wants us to do is change your mindset. It seems so simple. You should see, I ask people in my recovery center, this, you know, what they think about their creator. I hate God, I resent him, I'm angry at God. It, it's the mindset. Unless you change the internal, the internal wiring, you will not be able to attract because you're not living in a world of chesed. Your whole world is din. Your whole world is judgment, is, is gevura, is, is, is perfectionism, is, is anger, is control, is fear. It's not a way to live. It's miserable. And there's nothing that's going to help you get out of that unless you start invoking in the world of chesed. Chesed is vulnerability, kindness, humility, mercy, letting go, trusting. That's the right side. This is the left side. So just like if you're in the road and you're on the left side of the highway, people tell you, get in your lane. That means when you're in a bad state in your life because you're in the wrong lane. You're in the wrong lane. And this is exactly what, 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 what Nathan tells us. The chesed, when a person has chesed, that holds divine wrath and mitigates harsh judgment. So this is where, I've said this many times, where you need compassion, heaven will send you people to give compassion to so you can get compassion. Because at that moment, you're not seeing the compassion in yourself. And you're judging yourself unfavorably. So what happens? He has to give you an opportunity to go be kind to somebody else so when you do a good deed to somebody else, you feel better about yourself, you get judged favorably. It's an unbelievable concept. Even if you're in the, in, the, in the gutter, heaven still gives you opportunities to come back to the right side. And he'll give you opportunities. He'll give you people to give money to. He'll give charity. He'll give you people to help. Because when you do something positive for other people, you feel better. And you stop thinking negatively about yourself. When is the last time you gave charity and says, I'm a piece of crap? <laughs> when is the last time you did a good deed and said, told yourself, I'm a piece of crap, I'm worthless? When is the last time you did that? You only say that when you're not doing anything. When the, when's the last time? I'm a horrible husband. When's the last time you said, I'm a horrible husband when you brought your, your, your wife flowers? When's the last time you said that? You don't say that. Because when you do good, you feel good, you think good, and that's exactly what we need to do. And what he's saying here, that after the golden calf, they went and constructed the Mishkan. And the Mishkan, what did the Mishkan represent? Everybody's, the Mishkan represented everybody's individual contributions. That means not everybody attributed, not everybody gave to the Mishkan the same thing. Some gave gold, some gave silver, some gave copper, some gave dark crimson. Everybody had a different color. And that represents, what I'm not going to say here, is that represents the colors, every, every one of us, God takes pride in your colors, right? Like I said before, the, 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 the pride colors and pride is being used the other way lately. But God, all these colors that you have in life, He takes pride in these colors. That means every single color represents specific, a specific attribute. For example, white represents chesed, right? Blue represents uh, malchus. And every color represents a pride that God has. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing as cute as when you see your five-year-old, your four-year-old making you a picture 
with different colors and telling you, I made this color for this. this. You, took, you take pride in the colors. God took pride in the individual offerings that God gave us. So when you recognize your own color in life, your color starts to shine. Your own gift starts to shine. Your own point starts to shine. You came to this world with your own individual color and your own individual light, and that has to shine. That means if you're meant to become the best teacher, you have to become the best teacher. If you're meant to become the best chazan, you're meant. If you're meant to become the best businessman and be a charitable guy, that is your color. The worst is to be in the wrong color. You have to know what you need to do and you need to shine that color. And when you're shining that color, God takes pride in that color. Hashem takes pride in the Jewish people because they are made up of multiple colors. They're made up to good points. And what happens when you have your own color? What do you do with your own color? You help somebody else that's missing a color in their life. You miss, you're helping somebody else. You end up becoming a giver. And this is where he's saying here that the only reason that we are seeing the slumber in our lives is very simple. It's because we are focusing on we are focusing on the external garbs. A person finds and arouses good points. He discovers when you find the good points in yourself, what he's saying here, he's saying you'll recognize that the darkness was only an external garb. You're a beautiful person, but you had not the nicest shirt on. But it doesn't mean the shirt became who you are. Just because the outfit was off doesn't mean you were, you were, your essence is good. But you had the wrong garment on. And the garment made you feel the wrong way. So darkness creates garments. Darkness creates garments. It's an, ex- it's an external thing. You know, the, in- the inner self is a soul. But the person has, uh, look at his face. His face looks like Tisha B'Av. That's his, that's his face. That's his garments. So when, the, when you fix the inner, you can fix the, gar- or the outer. So the bottom line is, the bottom line to this concept is, is there's a lot to talk about here. I, I could be here all day. But the, when you're judging yourself favorably, heaven judges you favorably. No matter what you have to go through in life, just like those people that saw the person dying, if they didn't get up and find him and, and bury him, they would have never recognized he had good points. He had all his money. And at the end of the day, it wasn't even their fault because he didn't need money. He had whatever, an addiction to collecting charity. But it had nothing to do with them. But if you don't do the next thing, once you get into a negative slumber, then you stay in the negative slumber. When you're in a negative slumber, God is, you're not, that's, not time, that's not the time for prosecution. That's the time to ask for a plea deal and ask for good behavior and to start now self-compassion. And if you look at Reb Nachman, what he's saying here, that the whole problem, the opposite of a zamra, which means to sing, is low self-esteem. Because if self-esteem is nothing but an, an opinion, confidence is something else. I can, have very, I can have extreme confidence in something by just repeating it. But self-esteem is how, how, I, how I feel about myself. What's the opinion of myself? And if that is not worked on inside, then you always need outside opinions. So what happens if you don't get the outside opinion anymore? Then your inside opinion is no good. So you'll ne- you should never depend on the outside opinion to determine the inside opinion because then it could be conditional, you have no control of it, and you'll feel hopeless. 
But when the inside opinion is 100%, this is who I am, this is my color, you don't like it, you don't have to love it, then you'll nev- you, can never be, you can never fall into depression. The only reason why we're falling into these depressions is because, of, again, we, 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 we've taken life, we've taken things personal in life, we've never let go, we've not, we're not, we didn't do the next thing that needs to be done. So this is why we, the most important thing we could do in, 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 in any kind of spiritual fall that we go through is not say, why me, but say, what's next? What's the next thing that needs to be done? You didn't put on tefillin? Okay, go daven mincha. You didn't do this right? Go give charity. You, you yelled at somebody? Go say, I'm sorry. What is the next thing that needs to be done? You serve the golden calf? Go, go build the mishkan. Who says shame and guilt? This shame and guilt is not doing anything for anybody. And it's extremely important and that I recognize that when my son passed away, what do I, am I going to do? Sit, be depressed, sit home, uh, ask God why he did this to me, or do things in his name? What can I do in his name? How can I elevate his name? How can I bring others? And it's extremely important to understand that. What is the next thing? It's not even about you sometimes. It's about a much bigger mission in life. There's no room today to become a victim under any circumstance. Because you're a victim, you're not helping, you're not shining your own color, and you're destroying everybody around you also. And that's really not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to be a co-creator and take life. It might be extremely difficult. No, none of this is easy. But it's worse when you're just sitting there moaning about yourself all day long in a spiritual slumber. So Hashem help us all that we have enough victims in society. America has, we've lost the luster of what America used to be. America used to be proud. We used to have confidence. We used to be number one. And now I have no idea what has happened to this country. You can see that the energy is not the same. It's not the same. It's not the America that it used to be. It's not the pride. It's not the... It's because we've lost that luster. We've lost, we, 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 we became... We, we, we felt to norms, we felt we lost the luster, we forgot who we were, and we felt to what society tells us. Now, Shem, help us all. Have a great day. Exactly.